Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It is Thursday, the 5th of March, 2015. Uh, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, joined by Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. Um, uh, Dave is actually not... Dave is in Whistler, British Columbia today, but he's uh, joining us by the miracle of internet. <laughs> um Dave, before we start off, I just, I just want to say it was, it was your anniversary this week. It's been about ten years now. Thirteen Eight years. Thirteen years. Thirteen. Oh my god. Thirteen years. Well, happy anniversary uh, well, to, to Dave and Mary. Well, thank you, Jim. Um, on the anniversary theme, do you know what today is? I think I'm about to find out. What is it, yep. Jim? Yeah, today is today is a uh, well, it's, a, it's an important day in computing history. Today is the fortieth anniversary of the first meeting of the Homebrew Computer Club in uh, Menlo Park in, um, in, in, in Silicon Valley, a bunch of uh, guys who liked messing with computers. These newfangled electronic these computers. Many of these computers were like made of wood. I'm not kidding. They're, 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 the, 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 case, the cases were made of wood. They, they got together and... Um, they were the world's very first home computer enthusiasts, and they made their own computers in 1975. Um, Steve Wozniak, Steve Jobs, uh, Paul Allen, Steve Wozniak and Steve Jobs were charter members of this club. Um, Paul Allen and uh, uh, Bill Gates would drop by with um, boxes full of software for them. Ten That's years awesome. after that, 1985. Yeah. Everyone was using a word processor. Um, the desktop publishing revolution brought mediocrity to our hands. <laughs> Ten years after that, 1995, internet was coming into everybody's living room at high speeds. Ten years after that, we have the rise of you know the search engines in Google and just the the rise of the social network and the you know mega popularization of the web. Ten years after that puts us right here today. So 40 years ago today, the, um, really, the start of... Anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary. There you go. There we are. <laughs> okay. Um, it's, been, uh, it's been a week. I don't even know where to begin. There's so many big stories from this week. Um. SMX West happened this week, and as with any SMX, huge amounts of information um, about the changing environment that we work in came, came out of that conference. One piece of information that I think uh, every SEO and every web designer has to has to be way aware of is well, this is actually this is a kind of a, a, a multifaceted story. It's it's on Google and mobile, and you know Google's. More than, um, I, I, I said months ago that Google is, um, if you want to know where Google's going, look mobile. Yeah, I think they confirmed that this week. They've announced a date, April twenty first. That's the, that. That is when, if that's the day that it's going to introduce a new um, algorithm on mobile for mobile device for searches conducted on mobile devices. And the big piece of info about this that just blew my mind? Yeah. Mobile is going to get its very own index. So your desktop search and your mobile search could be entirely, entirely different. I mean, more so... More what do so you think? I think, it, I think it is a great way for them to do this. Um. No, no. What are your thoughts? Like when I read that as, and, and it took my brain a, a second in, in reading through the story to actually understand what they were meaning. Is that it's a different index, not a different algorithm. It's a different index. 
Um, so it took my brain a, a sec to, to sort of lock in on that and go, ah, that makes sense because now they can deploy their algorithm in one hand and make changes to their indexing in the other and, and not have to sort of double up and create you know, an index for this and an algorithm, index for this and an algorithm. They can sort of have one algorithm, two indexes. Makes makes a lot of sense and tweak each index as, as they see fit. Um, what, what do you think? What well, do you think about the way, that, the way they're doing this? Does it make more sense to just create a, a different algorithm for mobile? I think it does. After, actually, well, it, it makes it makes more sense to do both, to have a separate index and a um, slightly different algorithm for, for mobile. And, and I'll tell you why. Um, why I think that. Number one, months ago, years ago, about a year ago, when um, Google really started pushing its mobile uh, strategy. Mm-hmm. I was having a hard time figuring out how Google was going to differentiate between um, searches that or results that should be um, that would be more desktop um, related. I'm not a hard time explaining this, and uh, results that would be more mobile related. For instance, um, people using mobile devices are often doing an active shopping search. They want to buy something. They want to buy something now. They're out on the street. They're typing in a new pair of jeans and they want a store nearby where they can buy a new pair of jeans. That's mobile. Mobile isn't about um, curiosity search. Mobile is about action search. Desktop, on the other hand, is about curiosity. It's about research. Um, For many people, their desktop computer is the hub of of their home entertainment system. And that's a very different type of usage. And so people have different expectations when doing searches in that environment than, the, than they would with a mobile device. So that's, that's factor one. Factor two is, I mean, just the mobile device is so much smaller. It doesn't have um, the same capacity for um, software to interpret um, various uh, doodads in a browser that, that might appear on a web page. So a mobile page and a desktop page are very different animals. Um, you can make one fit the other, but I mean, let's face it. There's um, different. You, there's a different way people are going to be approaching information, making a click, or even looking at their screen on their cell phone than they will on their desktop. Primarily, the cell phone is landscape is uh, sorry portrait view, while the desktop is landscape view. Um, so having a different index and a slightly different algorithm that. Well, that functionally solves a lot of problems of trying to merge the two types of user into the same index, or um, results for the for two types of users out of the same index. Right. Well, I, I, and spot on, spot on. Now, what does this mean? In, in, you know, this is what our, our listeners will be most interested in. I don't know if you've done it. I've I've emailed um, a couple people who've been resistant again. You know, we, I've ranted about them in the past. You've heard that, Jim. Uh, resistant to building mobile sites and over and over and over again. It's like, hey, here's this thing. Now, what, what do you think? Biggest news out of this, oddly enough, to me, you, you've been doing SEO longer than me, and I've been doing it like 15 years. Mm-hmm. This is the first time I've Indeed. ever heard them give me a date. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so now I was able to email those clients and go, here's your date. <laughs> That's it. There's your date. Uh, you know, April 21st, you got to have it done by then. And that's that. Um, what, what, are, what are your thoughts? What does this mean? How big is this for designers? Well, it's huge. I mean, well, let me, let me rephrase it. It should be huge. This is something that I think people in the design, in the design field should have been talking about since January. Since, hell, since uh, November when Google started issuing notices that you need to you know, improve the mobile experience or they're going to they're going to potentially degrade your search results. Designers should have been talking about it then. Um, one of the things, when, when you have an engagement with our company, um, at least once a month, often often once a week, you get walked through Google Webmaster Tools or Google Analytics, depending on, uh, on what's relevant during our, um, our analyst client reviews. And we spend a lot yep. of time on the mobile warnings. Like, here, this is what Google's saying, and, you know, conveniently, this is what Google, how Google's telling you to fix it. Um, 
And if Google's not, if Google's taking the time to point out a problem on your site and providing instruction on how to fix it, they're probably serious about it. <laughs> <laughs> now we know that uh, web access over mobile devices is increasing exponentially, much like you know. Um, you remember years ago when the internet was first being popularized back in like '95, um, when we were you know reading that like the internet has grown in population by you know 2,500 mm-hmm. percent month over month. Yep. Well, the same sort of phenomena is happening with web usage on cell phones, and it's been going on for a couple of years now. But. Um, but now it's it's the 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 critical mass has has been crossed, and I believe got you know got crossed back in like April of 2014, where you have more than half half people who, half the people in the United States have a smartphone in their hand. More than half of the people in the United States have a smartphone in their hands. Mm-hmm. Most of them are making full use of their data plans. The internet is seamless. Is seamless with our lives now, and mobile devices are now the primary means of accessing the internet. Yeah. So designers, like if you haven't been thinking about this, um, you're missing one of the. Every once in a while, when uh, every once in a while you can go to a, like a lake that you've been going to, that you've been fishing at all your life, but. Some seasons, there's just a hell of a lot of fish for no, you know, explainable reason. Mm-hmm. This is one of those seasons. Web designers, if you're missing this, you're missing a lot of fish. The uh, the pools, Google is stocking the pools for you. Right. So that's what I think. I think that web designers really got to jump on this. Talk to their clients on SEOs. Um, if you aren't, if you don't do design yourself... Start referencing your clients to somebody you know does good design and take 10%. <laughs> no reason yeah. you shouldn't make a couple bucks. Now, you know what? We're, we're talking to designers right now. Um, and, and so, you know what? I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead the next one, if that's all right with you. Yeah. Um, announcement from, from John Mueller. Now, I, I, I don't know how many times you've seen it. I, I've seen it all over the place. You, know, you, you, you get a website. It's handed to you to work on um, or, or you designed it. Maybe I don't know your your practices on this one, and then you see it the on the footer, web designed by XYZ Corporation. Jesus, yeah, I hate that. Uh, yeah, I, I, usually one of my first steps is to strip it out. I've always, I guess, been fortunate. I've always found it because I'm an SEO a horrible idea to go, "Hey Google, this site's been SEO'd," so I've never done it. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, <laughs> so, but uh, but John's come out saying, uh, "Time to to put a no follow on those things that it could actually hurt you." So. Note to designers, uh, you might be shooting yourself in the footer. Oh, horrible pun. Uh, <laughs> if you don't know, follow those links back to your site on those, uh, on those run of sites. Um, like, I understand why designers do that. I mean, it's obvious why designers do that. But I don't know. It's just something that rubs me the wrong way. It always has. It's always just rubbed me the wrong way seeing site designed by XYZ Corporation. Like, dudes. Um, like... <laughs> Your payment was the payment. Right. That's it. That's not your property anymore. No. I I have no problem with designers showing their clients. You know, put that in your agreements. No problem. Show your work. That's that's totally fine. But you're you're right. It's always bothered me when we get handed sites. It's usually the first thing we take out is, no, you got paid. That's – there's no reason you should – the client should be giving you free advertising. Well, and again, as you said, John Mueller had the the voice of Google – has um, pretty much come right out and said uh, no follow them. So you're not getting any link value off them any longer if you were to begin with. Yeah. Um, luckily, you're no longer mildly diluting your uh, client's link link value off their homepage either, mm-hmm. which you were doing before. Yep. Um, but uh, I, don't, I don't think we're going to see them disappear. No. But again, at least, at least it's not going to be... Um, detracting from your client any any further. You, you know what? We allow comments on our blog. I'm still, like, speaking from experience here as somebody who cleared it out this morning, I'm still seeing blog comments spam. So, <laughs> no, we're not going to see an end to this. I love that. They're, they're still doing that, eh? 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, fortunately, we got good systems in place, um, you know, so it it never goes public, but still. Does that that (laughs) good system happen to be blocking comments until moderated? Um, No, it's uh, I'm going to mispronounce it. Asknet. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Ask him. Ask him. There we go. I know. I I keep mispronouncing it. Um, But anyway, they they do a great job with the system. You know what? I'd actually read it in a blog post by uh, Matt Cutts. And I'm like, you know what? If there's one blog that's going to be nailed with spam, (laughs) that's the one. Um, It works well for him. So I decided to adopt it. You know, go with the paid one. It's like five bucks a month. More more than pays for itself. I'm using it. It works great. Very, very little gets through it. Um, and it's funny because it doesn't actually block very much that should be let through. I think once, um, you know, over the last few months, it's actually blocked one. So I have to go through it manually, but it's actually blocked one that I would have let through because it did include links, but they were relevant. But it, it does a really good job of, of minimizing false positives. Okay. We're, um, we're about a minute away from taking a break. So I don't want to take on a, a, a brand new subject day. We're going to be talking about in the next segment coming up um, – well, some pretty uh, some pretty freaky things that have happened out there. One being freak, a uh, fatal flaw, and the law of unintended consequences. Mm-hmm. Um, Google minus plus. I love that headline. I'm, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to milk the hell out of that. Google minus plus. Yeah. Um, Google is uh, stripping out plus. We'll definitely be talking about that. And Google and the great goddess Veritas. Did you know that there's a goddess Veritas? I did now. There's a statue of her on the Supreme Court of Canada's front lawn. I remember this statue from one of those miscreant nights when I was a teenager tripping around Ottawa. Um, I must have spent hours in front of that statue, just awestruck. Literally tripping around Ottawa. Um, <laughs> I, I, I was going to say it, but I left it for you. <laughs> yeah, man, that happened. But, you know, that I, I believe that I can see things spatially now because of that. Because of those experiences. <laughs> I, 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 I do remember a kids do drugs rant I went on once on this show. I don't intend to do that again. Um, the drugs... But that's only because I'm too old. <laughs> okay. Rag to the puck. We did really well. we got to take a break. It's 20 minutes after the hour on the 5th of March, 2015. You're listening to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. On behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Stick around. We're talking about a whole bunch of great stuff after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Paywin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at internetmarketingninjas.com. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. ShipStation helps online retailers ship orders faster. 
It's so easy to set up and use. ShipStation gives you tools to automatically import, manage, and ship your orders in the most cost-efficient way. Save money with the best USPS rates possible, as well as a free USPS account. ShipStation integrates with all the most popular e-commerce platforms and shipping carriers. Get shipping done no matter where you sell or how you ship. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get an additional 30 days free after the free 30-day trial. Go to ShipStation.com slash WebmasterRadio now. Shipping Nirvana starts here. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It is the 5th of March, 2015. Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, joined by Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And, uh, I don't know, for some reason, this for me, this is the story of the week, Dave. This is the big one. I don't know if anything's going to happen because of it, but, um, you know, search engines exist because people want to find information, right? Yeah. Okay. To deliver information to their users, search engines need to choose between hundreds, thousands, millions... Or perhaps in some cases, even tens of millions of web pages addressing you know a topic that a search user is seeking information about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over the last two decades, Google, Bing, and and Yahoo, who incidentally celebrated their twentieth birthday with the world's biggest yodel this week. Good for them. <laughs> <laughs> they yodel. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> um. Okay. So they spent the last two decades trying to perfect the science of information retrieval. And they've done a you know, relatively remar- remarkably good job of it. Yeah. Now, for the last, oh, I don't know, 10 years or so, the big holy grail for search engines has been personalization. Delivering to Dave Davies the results that Dave Davies, that are most relevant specifically to Dave Davies. Yeah? Yeah. And, um... Arguably, they've done a pretty good job of that. Um, I mean, this is obviously there's a, 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 a long way to go on um, personalization, but I, I'd suggest they've done a fairly good job. I hear it's hard to build a search engine, so yeah. It, it is. <laughs> well, there's a new holy grail, for at least for Google, okay? Okay. This is a tough one, too. This is probably the most simple yet complicated goal they've ever sought. Even more complicated than building their own damn social network. The new holy grail appears to be truth. Truth, Dave. Google is striving for truth. I know. I... <laughs> <laughs> but that little Stephen you know... Colbert action going on here. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to get to the truthiness quotient of this in a few oh, seconds, actually. No. <laughs> nope, indeed. Okay, so Google wants to build a fact-based search engine because, let's face it, there's a lot of stuff up there that just isn't very factual. Mm-hmm. This might have been driven by the recent um, backlash against the anti-vax movement. Mm-hmm. It uh, might be driven by the dreadful... Um, scientific illiteracy in North American society, and I add I add Canada to that. To that, I mean, everyone's been making hay about like forty percent of Americans thinking that the um, Earth or that the Sun revolves around the Earth, but I'd imagine the the literacy rate is 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 uh, similar here. Yeah, sadly. probably. So, you know, whatever has moved Google to try to build a search engine around fact, um, that's, that's what they say they're going to do. Now, this is all preliminary. There's, there's you know, I, I, there's no fact-based fact-checking in the Google algorithm that we're aware of today. But what do you think about this? I mean, seriously. I hate it. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do in, instinctively. I I hate it, um, but I mean for for I think the right reasons. I mean I, I think there's certain areas where you can define it. 
um, you know, whatever, the atomic mass of helium, right? Like, I mean, whatever. There, there are, are globally understood facts in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but there – who defines what is a fact? I mean, there are a lot of areas where Wolfman Alpha does. That, I mean, the, that crazy once DJ you from get, Mexico, Wolfman Alpha. Once you get outside of just pure, pure science, um, where and, and even there, there's there's some disagreement. But I mean, the purest atomic masses, right, or whatever. Once you get outside of there, order of the planets. Once you get outside of there, what is a fact? Is Pluto? <laughs> it was once a fact now it's not um you know I, I think it's a really really dangerous really really slippery slope especially once you get into health i mean what what is and what isn't a fact um you know what journals are you going to be drawing from when it comes to the impact of vitamin d on free radicals right what are who who defines what is a fact there um, does Google decide what's a fact? I, I think it's a slippery slope and a frightening one. I consider myself a free radical, and if I don't get enough vitamin <laughs> D, things go weird. <laughs> um, I started I, – I, I, I'm, I'm with you here, Dave. I think Google's going to have a difficult time defining fact from fiction. Um, it's all information, you know? And yeah. uh, I was thinking, like, how will they draw? What information sources will they draw from? Now, the Latin uh, root, the Latin word for, for, for truth is veritas. Veritas was known as the, go- the, the goddess of truth. The Romans believed that she hid at the bottom of a holy well because she was so elusive. Really, I'm not making this up. This is oh, I believe you. Straight off of Wikipedia. I'm not, I don't make this up. So it must be a fact. <laughs> and which brings us back to what the heck is fact and truth? Um, not that I doubt Wikipedia. I'm the you know, crowd. Uh, I think the the, the 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 crowdsource model at Wikipedia is one of the only shining examples of where um, the internet has risen above. Um, its usual level of of crease of what's the right word stupidity. Mm-hmm. Um, so, where would Google draw information if it was you know going after the truth? Obviously, the first is it already has a lot of that information. It's drawn it from yes. its knowledge graph, and its knowledge graph references you know fairly unimpeachable sources. And you made a great point. Atomic weights are atomic weights; they tend not to change. Right. So you can call that a truth. Yeah? Yep. Um, we can call dates in history a truth. March 5th, 1975 was the first meeting of the Homebrew Computer Club. Mm-hmm. That's, that's very, like, you know, nobody disputes that. Um, and anybody who does are, are, are in such a small minority that, you know, we don't really need to take that opinion so seriously. Um, but then again, maybe there, maybe that small minority is right. Okay. So they, they've already pulled a whole bunch of stuff into their knowledge graph, which will likely be the, uh, primary source of truthiness for them. Mm-hmm. There is reams of publicly available information, especially in the United States. Um, one of the most open societies, um, when it comes to information that the government controls. Mm-hmm. Say what say what you will about the NSA and about American spying or whatever. Public information in the United States absolutely belongs to the general public. Yes. And the Americans are very uh very conscious of that and they make that pu- that information publicly available because it belongs to the public. Sometimes that can be, you know, that can have implications on privacy, but it's, you know, that's, that's the way they choose to run their society, and that information is wide open. Mm-hmm. Your, you know, your driver's license information, wide open. Um, and for good or for ill, but that's the place where Google can draw from. Sites like PolitiFact, um, Scopes.org, dare I say it, Wikipedia, might be places that Google draws information to verify facts it finds on a page. But the big debate in SEO has been 
And you know, this, and I think this is because of the way the announcement was made. Is it possible to build a fact engine and replace the value of links with your fact engine? No. That's what they were saying. They're saying they're going to base it on facts more than links. Yeah. And I mean, you and I can both think of, there are so many industries where that doesn't even come into play. <laughs> where, where there isn't, a, isn't a, a fact, a fact to define what is right or wrong. For certain queries, I could say, what is the atomic mass of? Right. Okay. Sure. There, there's facts that you can you can come in. Um, who's the I don't know best lawyer in Sarasota? What? Like uh, who who decides that? <laughs> what fact um, could you use there? What I would love to see, like if, if they are going to go this route and they're going to try and deploy it on a larger scale, especially once they get into things like health. Um, you're you're familiar with uh, Moz's um, search ranking factors. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the tests they do. And what they always do is is they have a, and I know you know this, but many of our listeners wouldn't, um, you know, sort of a, a draw of how accepted is this. I mean, essentially, mm-hmm. they're asking like 100 different SEOs what they think about each factor, and then they go, here's what the consensus is and, and how many people agreed or disagreed with it. Hey, if they're going to put a chart like that up there, great, right? You end up with something like global warming. Is it a fact? Is it not? Okay, well, they're you know they would claim it you know they would list it as a fact with ninety seven percent consensus right on on current you know documents being put out there. Um, exist, you know. Whereas you know then you can get into some health things and, and go okay here's the general consensus on on something. Um, and if they do something like that, I think that's a much safer way that, that I would feel much more comfortable with it. Uh, well, I mean, where you're telling me there is dispute because most facts aren't actually facts okay but but again how do you gauge dispute um if we were to have had let's say that technology was as advanced 15 years ago as it is today and we were having this conversation 15 years ago yeah it would have been fairly easy to point out the weight of links from the anti-vax movement and say that alone proves i mean so many people are talking about this proves that there is a uh, reasonable dispute Right over the over the efficacy of vaccinations. Right um, now, there there may well have been a public dispute over it. Um, I think we're seeing how reasonable that debate really was, but there certainly was public debate over it at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know, it's, it's, given the uh, elusive nature of truth of quote unquote truth, I think it would have been very hard for Google to correctly represent fact in that instance. Well, indeed. And at that time, there wasn't a known, right? I mean, the number of tests that had come out. Um, now, at the at the end of it, they're thinking of, of pulling links. Now, I'm viewing this more uh, on their trust rank, although I know that's a Yahoo trademark, but you know what, yeah. call it trust rank, but what, more a manually selected seed set that, that thing, you know, sort of filters down. And I'm viewing their facts uh, or or sort of fact algorithm a little bit more like that that's based on they understand who they're going to trust to provide them with facts and then probably some way of collecting it from the web rather than relying on links relying on okay these sites are are trusted by these ones so there you use the links but um you know sort of filtering out that trust um and then deciding who who is good and and who isn't based on on the references there and, and who you can pull facts from if you can pull from that these general consensus things yeah you're, you you bring up a great example where um you're dealing with autism and immunizations at the time it may have been a straight 50-50 right i mean it might have just been we don't we don't know right but then as more and more um information is gathered as more and more studies are done you know that bar starts moving over and over, and, and I think that's reasonable to go, we don't actually know what's a fact and what isn't. Hey, fair enough, but you know what? You should know when you click on that number one result that, that nobody has any idea what they're talking about. <laughs> like that, that, that this is still an up in the air and, and, and needing more study. Yeah, so um, I, don't know, I don't know what we would call that. Could you imagine trying to game that bar? Oh, that'd be a hoot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got about three minutes before we got to go to another, uh, before we got to take another commercial break. Um, and that's a fact. That's a fact. <laughs> here's a fun one. Here's a real quickie. I, I came across this. I love, remember I took that Facebook vacation? Yes, well, I do. I love Facebook. I mean, seriously, because it brings stuff like this into my life. 
You ever heard of a guy named Rand Fishkin? Oh, it is ringing a bell. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, uh, Rand um, in a uh, in a feat that upset pretty much every guy on the in the world. <laughs> Rand um, made one of the most epic wedding proposals several years ago. He uh, rented time on his fiance's, well, his soon-to-be fiance's favorite TV show, Veronica Mars, and inserted himself as a commercial. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> and um, he filmed the whole experience. It's out there somewhere. If you know, people want to see a truly uh, heartwarming video, it's out there on YouTube. Um, and uh, the, the way he proposed to her, her, her name is Geraldine. Okay? Yeah. Now, Geraldine is a writer, and she's a, a very, a very well-known uh, uh, a blogger in, uh, in, in many circles, although not so well-known in our circles, in the SEO world, okay? Right. She's, a, she's a, what I'd describe as a, um, a lifestyle blogger, but I don't want to use the word lifestyle blogger because that sounds trivial, and she's not. Um, she's hardly, hardly a trivial person, um, but she has a very wide audience. And sometime in the last couple of months, uh, her and Rand tried an experiment where, and she wrote about it. The, 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 the point is, I'm looking at an article by, um, by Geraldine DeRoder, um, Rand Fishkin's uh, uh, partner, his, his, his wife, and the title of it is, I Let My Husband Dress Me for a Week. <laughs> so... The experiment was Rand would select all of his wife's clothing for a uh, for an entire week. The article, incidentally, is in this week's uh, Marie Claire. Um, again, I love Facebook because otherwise this really would not be brought into my life because I tend not to read Marie Claire. But <laughs> I'm glad I read this article because it was hilarious. Now... You know, you, you know Rand. You've met Rand a couple times in your life, oh, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay, I know Rand. I, I like Rand a lot. And one of the things I like about Rand and about, about his whole family is the way they think about things. Most SEOs think about stuff like engineers. We can't help it. That's just what we do. We cut to efficiency. Kind of our job. Yeah. Rand thinks like an engineer. That's one of the reasons I love talking to him because the guy's got... The guy is a solution a minute, okay? Yeah. But engineers really have a hard time wrapping their heads around compli- around things that are ov- that are. Engineers can deal with complicated things, but when things are made to be complicated, it hurts engineers' brains. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's complicated by design. You just go, what? Like, what do you? What? And your brain sort of shuts off. It's so worth reading this article just to read Rand's comments looking through his wife's shoe collection. <laughs> or, um, and I got to admit, I'm, 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 I'm guilty of this myself, having, like, you know, you, you hold on to clothes, like, long after you really don't need them anymore. Yeah. You have clothes in your closet that don't fit. It's, it's, <laughs> the article is punctuated with Rand being baffled. <laughs> about his wife's wardrobe. It's hilarious. Um, for what it's worth, for what it's worth, he uh, apparently scored a seven, a six out of seven on his weeks, on his seven days of effort. Uh, one day might have been a little bit, uh, well, he got points for trying on one day, but the rest of the days he did a great job. It's in uh, this week's Marie Claire magazine. It's all over Facebook in SEO circles. Way worth the read. Um, you've seen him on Whiteboard Fridays. Now you get to see him sort of scratching his head going, oh my, what the, this is, what? <laughs> Mary, by the way, um, you should do this. Ask Dave to dress you for a whole week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, think she'll, uh, you I may, don't think she'll let that happen. <laughs> I'm sure she'll look great. And your hair will be twice as gray. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. I, I, I'm looking forward to reading it. One thing, and I've I've skimmed through them, is um, looking at the time spent and frustration level. And it's like, I wonder if that's just a, like, because 
he was rammed and not her. Like, I wonder, does she, as, as the woman dressing herself, um, take more time and feel more frustrated, or is that about on par? Now, I haven't read the story yet, so I'm, I'm guessing that's probably in there, but uh, I'm it'll guessing be interesting. Not. Again, because, he's, because we think like engineers, um, usually it's, it's just, well, I shouldn't say that, because Rand is actually quite a natty dresser. Like, yeah. The dude's, dude's got style. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, we we got to get off the topic because we got to get onto a commercial break. So, on behalf of Dave Davies from BSOC Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You're listening to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. And we're going to be back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal, professional, PPC services. PPCProfessionals.com. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. All-Inclusive Market is the luxurious five-star resort of digital marketing. Welcome to All-Inclusive Marketing. Engage with All-Inclusive Marketing's award-winning strategists to ramp up your online profitability and brand exposure, driving new customer acquisitions, increased sales, and stronger buyer retention. Another mojito, please? All-Inclusive Marketing's full-service digital and performance marketing accommodates every brand, specializing in retail, travel, and software as a service. What a great room. The A in All-Inclusive Marketing means award winning leadership, excellence in results, as well as an A rating by the Better Business Bureau. For reach, engagement, and conversion, it's all-inclusive marketing. Reserve a free consultation today at allinclusivemarketing.com slash radio. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It's the 5th of March. 2015. I don't know how to say that. It's the 5th of March. Yay. <laughs> you have no idea. It's so awful outside. You got no idea. Um, You're right. I don't. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Jerk. Um, what do we want to Okay. Here's a, the law of unintended consequences coming to bite us in the ass again, Dave. All right. I don't know why this happens, but it always happens. So years ago, um, okay. Follow me here, if you will, kids. Years ago, the U.S. government said you're not allowed to have really, really good encryption because um, if you do, we're not able to read your stuff. And everyone went, oh, well, okay, I get that. It happened. I swear to God, it happened. There was mm-hmm. this program called, there was this piece of software called Pretty Good Privacy, and the American government actually banned it in the United States. And then they moved back on that ban a little bit, and they um, they banned the export of it. You were able to use it in the United States, but nobody around the world was allowed to use it because it was an American uh, it was American software. Right. Okay, so in order to keep the internet working, designers had to come up with two different security protocols. One for use inside the United States, where hardcore encryption was allowable. And one for outside the United States where um, less robust encryption was the norm. Okay? Yeah. And again, this all goes back to a uh, law passed in the uh, late 90s by the, by the U.S. government um, so that they would be able to read, um, to intercept uh, 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 foreign signals. Okay? Okay. Well, the quote-unquote export-grade 
encryption was 512-bit. That's a protocol that dates back to the 1980s. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, this week, we were made aware that a flaw called the FREAK flaw, which stands for Factoring Attack on RSA Export Keys, FREAK, yep. has existed since the 1990s, but luckily it's only been newly disco- quote-unquote newly discovered, and again, it exists because um, software was designed with these two levels of encryption, one for U.S. standard, one for international standard. Right. And, you know, eventually the U.S. lifted its ban on um, exporting strong encryption, but nobody went and changed the back doors. So, really, we've had these back doors existing on pretty much every web server since the 1990s. That's great. Yeah. So, (laughs) um, there are patches to the... uh, Latest version of OpenSSL of security of uh, 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 um, security certificates for your uh, your website. It'll negate the vulnerability. It's um, another reason to move to HTTPS more quickly than you might have thought of before. And um, there you go. This has been the news of this week. The, that's in a nutshell what the freak flaw was. And um, so, like, this is ent- entirely the law of unintended consequences. Yeah, and what an interesting one this is. Like, uh, admittedly, like it just uh, not something that obviously um, I wouldn't have necessarily thought to check for. It. Well, I, I will say I wouldn't have thought to check for it. Otherwise, I would have. Um, and how many years it took um, for it to be for it to be discovered, and this thing that just wasn't even necessary anymore and just uh just left in there so uh i guess there's a there's a good rule clean up your clean up your crap <laughs> when you're done with something clean it up don't okay don't. We only a couple minutes. so speaking of clean up your crap yeah wonderful you should phrase it this way all right every neighborhood's got one i'm sure my neighborhood does i'm sure your neighborhood does you know that property with like you know the old cars that are like up on blocks and you know you got the car enthusiast who's swapping out parts and stuff like that yep well, imagine the Googleplex in Mountain View, California, to be that property. <laughs> we learned this week, and again, I wish we had more time to cover this. We learned this week that Google is um, going to subtract plus from its uh, roster of services. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not going to subtract the actual services. They've been broken into separate units. But Google Plus, as a entity, may well be on its last days. Yep. And again, I sort of imagine Google's front yard in Mountain View, California, with a with like you know, there's there's Google Wave and uh, there's Google Plus and there's Orchid, and they're all up on blocks and they're swapping parts back and forth to keep something running. Yeah. The one thing from Google Hangouts that cannot be replicated by anybody else, I'm sorry, from Google Plus, that can't be replicated, is Google Hangouts. The one major success in Google Plus that no one else has got. And this is what drives me crazy. Google, like, like, some free advice to Google. Don't ape what other people do. Give us something new. Right. Hangouts. Had you introduced, had Google introduced Hangouts as a standalone product? They would have given us something better than sliced bread. But they munched it in with Google Plus and nobody really, like, you know, Hangouts, people should be using the Hangout format for everything. It's an amazing format. Yeah. I don't know necessarily about this, about, you know, a broadcast like this radio show because we're going to have, like, 13,000 people listen to this podcast through its lifetime. I don't think you get the same on a Hangout. But it's a remarkable little product, eh? It is. It's a it's a great product, and that you can just auto dump it to to YouTube. Super super handy. Um, I, I completely agree. I think what they've done is is shot themselves in the foot. Like this is the second major announcement 
um, of this kind to me over over the last year. Um, because to me, they, they keep telling us stuff, and then we keep going, well, when they tell you to drink the Kool-Aid, you drink the Kool-Aid, and then we make our clients invest in you know, <laughs> making sure all their Google Plus is in place, making sure publishers and you know, play, yep. making sure Rel equals author is taken care of, and then they pull it out, and it's you know, how quick are you going to be to adopt the next thing, or yep. are you going to sort of wait a little bit, make sure it looks like it actually might be here to stay. And, and I, think it, I think they're really shooting themselves in the foot among the group of people that they need to tell their clients um, that they need to adopt it and to write about it in general. Well, I think it's worth noting the, the work that you and your clients and, and, and me and everyone done in Google Plus was work well done and worth doing. Mm-hmm. Um, Google Plus hasn't gone away. It still, hasn't, it still has some effect on the Google ecosystem. Yeah, everything is connected when it comes to Google, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, even if Google Plus, as a name as as a name of a product, goes the way of other dodos that Google's come up with, some of that functionality, I, I suggest almost all of that functionality, will somehow still be part of a Google machine somewhere. It just won't be called Google Plus, right? So that work won't be wasted. That's what I'm trying to get at. Like, we did the right thing. We got our clients to do the right things um, until it becomes completely apparent that that system has been wiped from the face of the earth. I can only think that the stuff we did in Google Plus is going to have long term, it's going to continue to have long term benefits. I don't know. Maybe I'm sorry. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Um, you know, and I mean, at the same time, in this industry, all we can work with is the latest information that we have. So, I mean, do you kick yourself? No. Will Will I be a little more hesitant next time? Maybe. Probably. Maybe it'll, I'll actually look a lot at what workload is involved here, um, you know, in getting this done and decide whether to do it out of the gate. And if it's a low workload, yeah, I might jump on it right away. But if we're hitting sort of medium workloads and getting like Google Plus to, to get a full profile set up, yeah, I might, I might wait a little bit and just, just make sure. Well, here's something else. You're going to give a caveat to your client next time you give them advisement. How many caveats does it take to lose confidence? Yeah. yeah. You know? Well, Google says this, but you know, I don't know if they tell the truth or not, but this is what they've been saying. Right. Like, how often do you say, well, I don't know, because they've screwed it up before. <laughs> okay, we're on our way out. There's the hook. Um, Dave, that was, a, that was a fun show. Um, thank you so much. Well, thank you, sir. On behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You've been listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. It is the 5th of March, 2015, and we want to thank Brasco and everybody at Webmaster Radio for making these shows possible. Hey, hey, friends. Tune in to SEO 101 this week. Uh, check out their Google Plus page. John Mueller is going to be recording with the guys from SEO 101 late, uh, early next week. Get your questions in as quickly as you can. On behalf of Dave, this is Jim. We'll talk to you next week. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.